The following sermon is brought to you by ThePreachersVault.com, bringing old-time preaching to a new generation. God expects us to be watchmen on the wall. And God's idea of a watchman is not that of a wooden Indian standing in front of a drugstore in a country town that sees no evil, hears no evil, and speaks of no evil. What kind of a watchman is that? Now, we've always had to deal with double-eyed circus theology. A double-eyed theologian can see on both sides of the street at the same time without ever turning his head. And then he goes into his circus act. He climbs on stilts so tall that it lets him walk on both sides of the street at the same time. A name for it is no conviction, cheap politics. If a man doesn't intend to preach the whole counsel of God, then don't preach at all. Get a job selling Avon or insurance. That's an honest way to make a living. It is honest to take money under false pretense. To take money pretending to preach the whole counsel of God. And all that time to work secretly to destroy the church or else to do nothing to keep it from slipping. That's dishonest. Fourth, to preserve the faith, elders must guard the flock. I don't know how many elders we have in this congregation here tonight, but I judge a large number. And remember that I'm going to give you some words from the heart of God to your heart that will help us to preserve the faith. Now Paul said to the elders, take heed unto the blood. And then he immediately gave him a good reason for it. He said, for I know this, that after my departing, shall grievous wolves come in, not sparing the flock. They'll come in. Wolves. Wolves in sheep's clothing. When I was a boy, I had a pet wolf. We caught him when he was a pup. But I knew he was a wolf, so I handled him cautiously. But there is one thing that you can say in favor of that wolf. Old Lobo, he never wore sheep's clothing. So that's one of the things that the Bible warns against, that there will come in those wearing sheep's clothing, wolves in sheep's clothing. Now I say to you tonight, elders, that God intends for you to convince the gainsayer. He says to every elder, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayer, Titus 1 and verse 9. How? By using sound doctrine, not by using freewheeling, easygoing, everything is right theology. He said use sound doctrine to convince the gainsayer. Now, elders, God expects you to stop the mouths of the gainsayers. That's what He said. That is a command that God has given to elders. Stop the mouths of the gainsayers. Now, two verses below, he says, whose mouths must be stopped. Notice that. Whose mouths must. M-U-S-T. Must, must, must. Not if you want to. 
Not if it seems to be the political thing. No. He said must. M-U-S-T. Whose mouths must be stopped. Who subvert whole houses. Teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. So I appeal to you elders tonight. I appeal to our elders everywhere throughout the world. Stop the mouths of the gainsayers. Do not allow the cult of loose and false lips to take over. But contrarywise, stop their mouths. But you can't stop their mouths by standing them up to preach or to teach. That doesn't stop their mouths. That opens their mouths. That's in direct contradiction to what God has said. God says, stop their mouths, not open their mouths. Now in the fifth place, to preserve the church and the gospel of Jesus Christ, the preservation of the faith, we need the support and the cooperation of all of our Christian schools throughout the world. Our Christian schools are powerful organs. They are so powerful that I firmly believe that our Christian schools almost single-handedly and alone could in a few years save the church from the threat of denominationalism. You say, how? By emphasizing the old past, emphasizing the distinctive gospel, emphasizing the distinctive church of our Lord. Because a Christian school has a tremendous amount of influence. So I appeal to our Christian schools everywhere. Send back to us young ladies and young gentlemen who have been indoctrinated, who know the gospel, who know the faith, who love the gospel, who love the faith, who are the defenders of the faith, who are the defenders of the gospel, who know the difference between Christianity and denominationalism. You do this, and we shall ever, ever, ever be grateful to you. Now fixed to preserve the faith, let us be wary of negotiations with those in error. Remember this. Truth is not negotiable. Paul said, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. Galatians 6 and 1. Paul didn't say merge with him. Paul said restore him. And there is a vast difference between restoring people who are in error and in merging with people that are in error. Now, a merger could swallow us up. A merger could consume us. A hunter was in the forest, and he took his rifle, and he took aim at a bear. And the bear said, hold up, hold up, wait a moment, wait a moment. Let's negotiate. Let's see if we can't work this matter out. And what do you want? And the hunter said, I want a fur coat. And the bear said, I want a full stomach. And they worked it out. And the bear got a full stomach, and the hunter got a fur coat. Fellow Christians, a merger with those in error could give us a fur coat. Now, seventh, to preserve the faith, start doing something now, now, now. N-O-W, now. Don't wait until we have lost nearly everything. Digression moves so fast. Paul said, 
I marvel that ye are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Galatians 1, verses 7 and 8. Paul said, so soon, so soon, so soon removed. And we have seen it happen so fast in some congregations. Digression goes so fast that it goes a hundred miles an hour in neutral. But there is no neutrality in the kingdom of God, in the battle between truth and error, right and wrong. Now, my friends, it's not a question of our going into battle. God has already made that decision for us. The very day that we were raised up from the waters of baptism, that very day we were enrolled in the army of the Lord and pointed toward warfare. And we have fought a thousand battles. And the struggle goes on and on. And the battle today is not just for today, but for a vast future. Therefore, I appeal to the heroic nature of our brotherhood. Put on the whole armor of God and take the sword of the Spirit. God has given us a weapon. I trust that we know how to use it. And stand, 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 and advance, advance, advance. Therefore, I appeal to all of our people everywhere. I appeal to our young people. You are the spark and the future of the church. And I appeal to our teachers. You mold the thinking of others. And I appeal to our elders. You lead, direct, and protect the flock. And I appeal to the pew sitters. In the last analysis, you are the backbone of the church. And I appeal to those who operate our schools. We are what we are taught. And I appeal to our preachers. Eventually, as the pulpit goes, so goes the church. And I appeal to those who once walked the narrow road and now walk in broad and forbidden paths. I appeal to you, come back, come back, come back. We love you, we love you, we love you. And my friends, if we stop the forces that would pervert the gospel, that would restructure the church and turn it into a denomination, history will say this was our finest day in 200 years. And now for the hope of all of us, when the last battle shall have been fought and the last summons shall have come, may we confidently go to our graves with the full assurance that we have given the last full measure of devotion to the greatest cause in all the world. And when loved ones left behind start looking around for appropriate words to engrave on our tombstones, may they consider the dying message of the Apostle Paul, who said, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith, and that is worth more than a thousand worlds. Thank you, and may God bless you, and may God bless His church.